Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go race. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports television analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch and Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got that out there. Oh, that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman that can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Now, look how big those things are. Little meat on the bone there. And cook perfect. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like, oh, I'm about to die. I will ask for 15 to 20 chicken wings. It's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett. It's episode 104 of the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing Heavy Lunch. D. Welch with you on February 22nd. It is a Wednesday and we are going through an ice storm up here in Michigan. While D. Welch says it's about 75 degrees in Charlotte. Uh, it is racing time and the icebreaker at Lincoln is happening on Thursday. What, what do you think of all that? D. Welch fans are getting pissed off that they're scheduling a race on a, a day that's going to be 75 and sunny. Uh, because the forecast looks good, they're they're mad that they changed the date on it. Like, can, is there any way to please them? No, that's uh, that's race fans for you, I guess. They're always pissed off about something. <laughs> don't don't get me wrong. There are some great great race fans, and and if you were complaining about the icebreaker, you are not one of them. Uh, no, just kidding. I just <laughs> no no. We're excited. Uh, Sprint car racing. Though it is quite a bit early, uh, in my estimation, they're going to try to race at Lincoln tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern time. It's going, it's, it looks like a good weather day. I mean, Pennsylvania, you don't see the 70s in the February, usually. I was going to say, hey, you got to strike while the iron's hot, literally. You really do. Uh, so excited to see what the icebreaker can do. High Limit Series announcing some more stuff. We'll have more next week uh, on what the High Limit Series is doing. But they've added a choose cone to Sprint Car Racing, um, which, you know, we see it on at the local short track level in payment racing. And then NASCAR added it. And then Larson was like, you know what? Let's add it to our series. So um, basically on restarts, D. Welch, maybe you can uh, explain it a little bit better. But 
um, the inside row, the outside row, you get to choose on the backstretch from a cone as to what line you want to restart on. Yeah, which I think will be interesting to see. You know, it, it it'll be interesting because it's obviously there. There's there's maybe a preferred lane on some tracks or in some instances. Um, but I think about it too on the pavement side of things. Like most pavement late model tracks, you go to are one lane race tracks. Like everybody wants the bot. You're gonna want the bottom. Like you don't you don't really want to be on the top because you're gonna get freight trained. You want to be on the bottom. Dirt track racing, there's a lot more options and and you know availability to make moves no matter where you're at on the racetrack um so i think it's cool you know like you potentially have somebody that's running you know i mean say the bottom's really good you have somebody that's running sixth and wants to go jump to the outside of the front row and maybe they rip a good lap in the in one and two and they go like you just you know i think to me it's cool and it's the whole it's the whole point of the high limit thing right you know it's it was designed to um you know be a lot of money obviously and help the racers but um it's high limit it's high stakes that's why it's called high limit you know and, and there's um the whole idea of it is to is to try to kind of be different and be unique you know they have the durst dice roll too now for the dash where um you know the the dash winner has the option to roll two dice and um the 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 sum of, or i guess the yeah the sum of the two dice um, you can start whatever that sum is in the fee and go for more money, you know, like you don't have to, but, um, you know, here you don't have to roll it, but you know, I, I think that kind of stuff is cool. It, it differentiates it from the other national touring series. Um, and it's something interesting to talk about, you know, and as announcers, I think that's obviously good. It's good for us. Um, so I'm excited about it. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. The thing about the dice roll is, well, obviously they have a dash, um, and then the first place in the dash gets to choose whether they roll the dice. They don't get to choose, however, what position. So, like, if they roll the dice and they roll a 12, they have to start 12. Right. Which, which potentially, if you win from there, you can get 12000 extra dollars. However, you can't say, I'm not going to run. Yeah. <laughs> 12. Like, you have to decide with the dice roll. So, you could potentially roll a 2. And get two thousand extra dollars and start on the front row still, but yeah, I think it's a I think it's a cool concept. If you're the dash winner and you do not elect to roll the dice, the second place in the dash gets a chance to roll the dice too. If not, then they don't have the dice roll. But um, like I think, I, like yeah. I think if you're if you're a guy that's not running for high limit points, why would you not? I mean, why not? I mean, I guess I guess maybe the the devil's advocate to that is that instead of starting on the pole and going for 23,000, you got to start for start 12 to potentially go for 35. So I guess, you know, it's still 23 grand, but um, I hope people, I hope guys do it. I think it'd be fun. I know a lot of and people you, are pretty anti dash. It's like, like for instance, yeah. Rigsby is like, why do we even have a dash? No one passes anybody. It's just, uh, you know, extra laps that are kind of meaningless throughout the night because, you know, four laps, you're not going to, uh, you know, make too many passes in a wing sprint car. Um, I think this is a good way to shake up the dash and, and make it interesting. Right. And, and actually yeah. make it mean something. And, and, um, this really harkens back to one of my favorite moments in sprint car racing, which was at Oskaloosa where 
um, you know, Jack Hodenshield took the challenge and went from the back of the field and won the feature. Like yeah. that's stuff that we grew up watching, like that, that heroic stuff. And I want to see, I want to see Morrison or I want to see, you know, shots or I want to see somebody come from 12th and win this thing and get 12,000 extra dollars. Like I want to see it. Like, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a good point. You know, I think, um, you know, yeah. I mean, there, how many times through the years that we've been like, Oh, that dash was awesome. You know I mean? It happens every once in a while, but you're right. It's, it's four laps. It's, or, you know, three laps. It's not, it's not enough to really, you know, wet the whistle, so to speak. So I agree. I think that, you know, it's, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how guys play it, you know, because, um, you know, how aggressive are they, how much, you know, it's another, it's another way to get more money. So how badly do they want to win the dash or are they just content to run second and know they're going to start second? You know what I mean? Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting. More on the news front. Chris Windham has joined lane racing, former cap, former team of cap Henry um, teams based out of our made Michigan. NOS energy drink will be joining uh, Windham in the four car. They will chase the entire Tezos all-star season. Um, and also the big races, of course, a million, the Kings Royal, the Knoxville Nationals and the 360 Nationals. We have an article online about that. Also, he is on Anderson 410, um, the podcast that I am now producing uh, for Blake Anderson. Uh, his first episode, I think it was actually his first episode this year. Uh, just came out and uh, Chrissy Bears on that. So go watch it today. We have on the show Matt Westfall. Uh, let me let me make sure before I, I give him credit here. He's in the top 10 in points. I know that for sure with the USAC Sprint Car Series, which is a pretty big feat for how many big sprint car teams are running um, the the you know the the national tour this year. So started off the season great, tied for sixth in points is Matt Westfall. Um, you know, with was it two races in Ocala or three for the sprint car series? Three. Yeah, there is. Oh no, they rained out one. Oh yeah, you're right. So two. Yeah. So Brady Bacon won the first night. Um, we can get into our Sun Dollar Restoration hat shakes of the week. Brought to you by Sun Dollar Restoration was just um, while well, we were just texting Jason this morning uh, in our text <laughs> chain, and also uh, Kimmy. She's still obsessed with the Bettenhausen episode. Uh, uh, I think it was the last time we had a show. We had Richie Murray on uh, when when the, the Bettenhausen episode was released. Um, she was also happy with Zeb's performance on the final night at East Bay. I think he like charged from like twentieth to fourth or something. Anyways, um, a lot of speed there on the final night for Zebby and the Redeem Boys. Um, but Westfall finished seventh the first night, where Brady Bacon won from fourth. He surpassed. Jack Hewitt, uh, who was actually at the race, which is really cool to see. Um, he gave Bacon a hug. Jack Hewitt's just a huge race fan. You know, that's that's what's really why I love uh, Jack Hewitt so much. But he was at the, the race. Um, I think Bacon's now fourth all-time, solo fourth now all-time of USAC National Sprint Car wins. And then um, Kyle Cummins, after what was a crazy week for him, I guess they blew a couple motors up. And they had to drive a motor down from uh, Princeton, to, you know, Indiana, to to uh, put a motor in the last night and, and win. So, um, Dason Persley, I mean, you, you really have to feel for that kid. He wins, you know, I guess it's like second non-wing sprint car race or third non-wing sprint car race. Uh, at Volusia wins ten grand there, uh, and Jake Swanson wins at Volusia. So, um, the USAC had a really good, really good showing in uh, Florida. Some, some good races. Yeah, I think. Um... 
yeah, the, the Cummins thing was interesting. I think they had, th- they went through two motors or they were on their third, I think. Right. Um, you know, d- during the entire trip down there. And then, um, I was, I was super impressed and happy for Dason. Um, you know, I think, and Emerson too, you know, they, they put on a great show at Volusia. Um, but Dason is, is, uh, is obviously an, an amazing story. And I think, um, you know, I think to do that and have that kind of performance, you know, where he looked confident, he was confident, he was making good moves. And, um, you know, that has to be big for him just mentally, I would think, um, you know, but also I think shows people that he's still got it, you know, and he's still good and he's still going to be, um, you know, he's still going to be competitive for a long time. So, um, I want to, I was going to give a hat shake to him because I thought that was, uh, that was a big win on, in a, in a lot of aspects, I thought. Yeah. We had him on our show in September to talk about, you know, his entire, um, you know, recovery and, and, you know, winning races in a micro came back and won races in power. I midgets, um, after that, he went out West and they, he struggled. Like he, he struggled mightily with USAC out West. Um, then he goes to the chili bowl, has a ton of speed, um, makes a mistake in his prelim night that really cost him, really buried him on, on Saturday. And dude, he got behind the wheel of the race car on Saturday and literally drove through the field, uh, to put himself into the A main of the chili bowl. I thought that was super impressive. Uh, but then to win with USAC. And what his he's probably his third or fourth, maybe non-wing sprint car start. Um, second with this team, you know, KM Motorsports, he's joined with Chase Stocking and Jason McDougal, and and you know, uh, Dason has a full-time ride too. Um, that team wasn't necessarily, you know, that on fire last year. They didn't win a ton of races. Uh, but to win this early is a testament to how good of a race car driver he is. But to overcome what he has to overcome is just a tremendous feat and one of the greatest uh racing stories we've seen in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, um, you know, I think it has to probably make the team feel good too, right? Just to know that um, their stuff's good. And, um, you know, McDougal obviously stands on the gas and, and Chase is a guy that, um, you know, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He, he's not going to be the, the flashiest by any means, but he's solid and um, obviously has a, has a ton of years under his belt. So they've got a good, uh, you know, a good group assembled there to, to go, you know, after the USAC title this year. Continuing on with our Sundollar Restoration Hat Stakes of the Week, you can visit them at sundollar.net. They're water, fire, mold restoration in the greater Indianapolis area. They will put a roof on your house. Um, you know, Jason's remodeling his own house right now, even though Kim says it's he's out there remodeling everybody else's house and taking forever on mine. But um, that's what my wife says as well, even though I'm not. He's remodeling a bathroom this morning, it looks I'm like. I'm not remodeling anyone else's houses, nor mine. I'm trying to remodel mine, but... <laughs> What did you say to you? I said he was remodeling a bathroom this morning. It looked like. (laughs) Yeah. So Kyle Cummins after his third engine plant um, wins the final night at Ocala. Cool Macedo won a 360 race at East Bay. Um, Tyler Courtney swept the all-star races at East Bay. I'm not, you know, Justin Peck was outstanding uh, both of those nights. Uh, charged through the field on the second night, nearly beat him. They had, they they both had a really good battle, uh, and I think that battle between the 13 and the 7 are going to be another one to watch uh, throughout the year uh, with the National Sprint Car Series uh, tours, you know, all three of them, uh, you know, the, the Outlaws, the All-Stars, and the High Limit Series. Um, who else won? Uh, there was some Outlaw win- 
Well, actually, Volusia, the all-star winners were Brad Sweet and Carson Macedo. Um, Shots should have probably should have won that second night. That was a spectacular performance. His front nose wing was broken after getting in, into it with Anthony Macri, and then um, he still drove to the front with a broken nose wing. Then after he passes Macedo to win, uh, his nose wing just flies off like this, and he loses all of his speed and finishes second. But um, that was another heroic uh, shots performance. Who who else uh, won with the Outlaws? Do you know about Volusia? Oh, not off the top of my head. I should have come more prepared. <laughs> Thank you, D. Welch. No, I think I might be able to find it here. Hold on. Uh, Courtney, Tim, um, well, Tim's won a USCS race at Volusia before. Oh, looks like my my, my buddy here, TJ Slideways, uh, hasn't posted the the outlaw winners on his uh, on his Facebook. Anyways, so whoever won the outlaws races, congratulations. <laughs> Well done. <laughs> no, I should probably look that up. <laughs> uh, let's see. How much time do we even have left in our podcast here? <laughs> we got a while. No, we're getting low here, I think. Uh, probably seven. Yeah, five minutes or so. Three minutes? Three oh, minutes. You, better, you better tighten it up then. <laughs> David Gravel won the first season opener for the Outlaws, and he actually won both. So, David Gravel should be your point leader with the World of Outlaws All uh, Sprint Car Series. That's how much I've been paying attention. He is 300 points, and get this, Buddy Kofoid is second in Outlaw points. Uh, go. Shuhart third, Hyde Shield fourth, and Carson Macedo your top five. Danny Dietrich is sixth. Which I was a little disappointed in Dietrich. He didn't come to East Bay. Like you're already down there. You're not running for Outlaw points. Like. <laughs> Why don't you just stay? Why don't you just go down there? Like Craig Kinzer went down there and ran. Yeah. Who knows? I have to ask him. Go back and get ready for the 75 degree icebreaker. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> the ice, it's going to, they're going to have to rename it. The ice the, is already broken. There anymore. Yeah. The ice isn't there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the ice is already broken in Pennsylvania. No, that'd be, that'd be a good time. And then after that, uh, more sprint car racing happening. They go back to Volusia, the Outlaws do, and then they go back up through Pennsylvania. And Port Royal has their opener. I mean, Sprecher Racing's here. Like, we get no time off. So you get about a, you get about a, a month in March to watch the Bettenhausen documentary and and get ready for the season to start, and then uh, we get rolling again. So uh, let's talk to Matt Westfall. Thanks to our partners at Sundollar Restoration. Oh, who is your hat shake, by the way? I already told you, it's Dason. Dason's your hat shake? Yeah. That was going to be mine. Well, we can double, double it up. It deserves a double up, I think. Uh, who else could I give mine to? I don't know. That's, a, that's all I got. That's, that was my biggest story out of the Speed Leaks, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> all right, let's talk to Matt Westfall. He is next. This is episode 104 of the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. What has to be without a doubt? The most proudly participated dirt racing event in the history of motorsports. 8500, Daytona 500, Eldora Million. Your next millionaire is Jonathan Davenport. But this night, something special happened.
seen that ever so often. We have to give it a real boost. We've continued to, to carry Earl's vision and, and his uh, history of creating big events. I mean, we've, we've got some stuff up our sleeve that uh, I don't think will shock anybody when we announce it. Welcome back to the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. We promised Matt Westfall has joined the show. He's the latest to join the USAC National Sprint Car Schedule, already starting off his year pretty strong in Florida with uh, some top 10 finishes. Matt, how we doing? Good. How you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, we're just we're chatting. Uh, we were just talking about the opening season uh, and the opening segment, and um, you guys ran pretty well in Florida. I mean, just I was, I was telling Lynn Cook, just solid. You guys are a solid race team. Well, we... You know, I usually go down there. I think I've been down there maybe six years, and we just ain't never really done that great, you know. And uh, this year it seemed like everything started to click. So hopefully hopefully it continues through the season, you know. Last year we did it. Uh, we ran the whole the whole USAC series last year too. Um, we just – we started the year out. We didn't really plan on doing it. I was actually going to run the Extreme Outlaw series. And then it come down to, I was decent in the points there. I was decent in the points of USAC. And I actually got lucky because we, uh, we went to uh, I-55 instead of going to Wisconsin to run. And the Wisconsin race got rained out. It allowed us to run both of those races. And then we went to Wisconsin on uh, the Sunday night at Angel Park. And then it ended up working out uh, when the outlaws canceled at devil's bull. So we went out West and ran out there too. So ended up, I, I think I was the only guy to run both series and get paid for both points. Hey, that's how you're supposed to do it right there. That's, that's the way to do it. Uh, your team, Ray Marshall, uh, owns Buckeye machining. They've actually been a sprint car team for a long time. I, I can remember announcing at Waynesfield and, and, uh, 2010, 2011, and they had a really good non-wing sprint car team then. Um, how much has that team grown though over the years? You guys seem to really have some speed right now to hang with those boys. Yeah, we uh, uh we've we've worked hard, you know. Last, I think I've drove for Ray now six years, and uh, we we struggled a little bit when we first started, but that was I think that was more me because we I just come out of the late models. I ran the late model there for a year and run the modifieds quite a bit, so it took me a little bit of time to get back. Uh, going with setups and stuff on the sprint car end of it. Um, I, I feel like this year is probably uh, we got all our um, – we got a lot – I don't – I could, shouldn't say better equipment, but we I think we got more stuff in place this year. So I think uh, it's going to help us out a lot more. Yeah, I'd imagine running last year, I mean, doing as many races as you guys did, that was probably pretty eye-opening, right? I'm sure you, you learned a lot kind of about what you need and just, you know, performance-wise and everything else. Yeah, I, I think what helped me more than anything was racing uh, with, with you, Sarah. I can run with the best guys in the country, you know. I mean, when you when you run with them, they don't let no grass grow, that's for sure. So you got to be on the gas all the time. And uh, I really think that helped us helped us a lot last year. And then also uh, getting to race with them guys, we, we got a little sharper on our setups, I believe. And uh, Brad Wilson with Leary Shocks, I mean, they, they really helped me out a lot last year. And uh, we, I've been working with Brad, so I think our shock program's in the 
right direction, and uh, that's helped it out a lot. I told Dylan, I don't think I've seen anybody win more races than you just because you'd show up to Waynesfield and win both the modified and the non wing sprint car race. Uh, and then you, then you come back the next week and do the exact same thing. Um, what, what, you know, when did you start driving a non wing sprint car? And like, when did you, your racing career begin? Like, did you begin in the modifieds? How, how did all that uh, start? Um, I, I actually started racing go karts when I turned six. And I raced uh, go-karts uh, probably till I was about 16. And then we got a, a micro sprint, which was the 250 micros back in the day. And I ran it till I was about 21. And uh, in 1997, at the end of 97 season, we uh, we decided we was going to try to do some midget racing. Uh, and we bought a midget and ran a couple of races. And then the, the following year in 98, we went for the Neymar's uh, midget title. And that that's when I started running uh, full-time uh, midgets. And then it was probably a couple of years later, I started running a sprint car. And then we decided ourselves to get rid of our midgets and just buy our own sprint car stuff. And I did that for, for years. You know, we got our first USAC win in 06 um with our own team that was pretty cool because we're pretty low budget back then and uh now now we've got great partners with ray marshall coming on board and all that i mean that helps big time so and and that helps us go up and down the road and uh, ray's been a great car owner to me uh stepping back a minute i i actually and i forget what year it was i started on the modified quite a bit i think it was 2012 I got in a, a work accident and I actually started running a modified just to get back in shape so I could go sprint car racing. And it actually involved into, I ended up going to race for, uh, best performance motorsports with the modified and stuff. And that turned in, we won quite a few races with the modified and they also had a sprint car for me. Uh, and then in 15, I went full-time late model racing with them and, and then that, after the end of 15, I lost my ride. So we ended up, I ended up going back to sprint car racing. It's, and like I said, it's took us a couple of years to get going again, but I, I feel like we're, we're at the top of our game right now. So hopefully the rest of the year goes good. How different are the late models and modifieds? Like I've never driven either one. So like, I'm just curious what the biggest difference is when you got to drive both those. Um, I would say the modified is more like uh, it's it's kind of like a sprint car because the I mean they they obviously handle different but the power to tire ratio is big there where you're I mean it's easy to spin the wheels like in a non-wing sprint car um, in a a uh, late model it I kind of base it off, off like a wing sprint car they have so much downforce. And they're they're really stuck to the racetrack, so that's probably the difference between the two. Um, that's I think that's why when I got in a modified, it wasn't as hard for me to adjust um, with that. The late model really wasn't either because after I had run the modified so long, you you kind of figure out how the cars work and drive and all that, so it wasn't too difficult. The past couple of years, you've been really uh improving with your silver crown program too um you you got it seems like the silver crown series really fits your driving style 
um, you know, the way you have to drive those cars and, and sometimes you have to slow them down or speed them up. I mean, just to save tire, you, you, re- you guys really pride yourself on the program you put together in that silver crown series. Yeah. Uh, I forget it's been maybe four years ago, uh, since I had been driving for, for some other teams, my dad, we, we have our own sprint car team and midget and everything at the shop. But, uh, dad was like, well, we're not. We're not spending our own money on our sprint car, so why don't I do a Silver Crown car? And uh, it all ended up coming together, and uh, it it ended up working out really good. I, I mean, everything with our whole team and being a family on deal, our, our car, car is really good. Um, we've had a shot at winning a couple of races, just didn't go our way. But um, this year, I'm going to drive for Malcolm Loveless, the 81 car, and we're going to try to do the whole uh, – I'm going to do the whole USAC Silver Crown Series pavement and dirt, so that'll be kind of cool. How long has it been since you've run – Have you did you run pavement stuff last year at all, or how long has it been since you've run pavement stuff on the, the Champ car? Um, it's been 2003. It's been a while, <laughs> 20 years. Um, I think I, I ran, I ran Phoenix for, uh, Bill Biddle, uh, the handy construction cars back in Oh three. And I haven't ran pavement since. Are you, are you nervous about that? It seems like it would come with a little bit of nerves. <laughs> now, you know what? I've raced so much different stuff through the years that, uh, I think, it, it, it comes down to your race car has to handle. I think if your race car handles, it makes it easier for the driver. So, um, but it's, it's going to be a learning curve for both of us, you know, on uh, trying to get the car right for me and me to drive it. So um, I, th- I think we can, uh, we can, we'll be all right. And uh, our first race will be there to IRP. So I think we get a test a little bit, so that'll help out. What's it like for you as a guy who, you know, has, has a lot of times done your own stuff, you know, and, and kind of done it your own way and with your dad and, um, you know, to have an opportunity now to run somebody else's sprint car and somebody else's silver crown car that have to, that has to feel pretty good. I'd imagine. Yeah, it does. Um, with, with Ray's sprint car team, actually me and my dad take care of everything. We take care of our shop. So it's basically like having my own team pretty much um which we we take a lot of pride in our our work i mean we work a lot of hours my dad puts a lot of time in the shop and uh that's that's kind of another reason we've been able to actually go out on the road a little more my dad retired uh freed him up a little bit so uh most, most of the races last year uh me and my dad went by ourselves like we did whole indiana sprint week by ourselves with no help so that makes it a little tough and uh but we we uh that's why over the winter i tried to get the trailer more organized more everything organized that way if we do have a problem we we're uh we're uh more i guess i should say prepared for the situations do you have your own business what what do you do like uh as far as uh, non-racing um yeah i i work for myself i'm a fabricator i do a lot of fabrication work nice that's good. So, like, you have you have your own, like you just basically take on clients. Uh, that is it. Is it metal mostly? Yeah, it's it's metal work. Uh, I do a lot of handrails, a lot of just different 
metal work. I, I'll, I'll repair race cars. I do whatever. I, I worked for a company and they didn't, they wanted me to be full time and they uh, didn't really appreciate me going racing all the time. So I, when I, when I quit doing that, I figured I'll just do it myself. So I kind of schedule my work around my racing. It's the way to do it. Is that something that you have done for a long time or, or how did you get into that? Um, actually I, I have been doing a lot, lot of, uh, a lot of fabrication work. I, I used to do a lot of race cars and I never really did a job work. And I, uh, I figured out real quick that it's hard to make money as a <laughs> work on race car parts. If you don't do it as a, I mean, all the time, cause all us are broke. So it's hard to get the good money out of them. But, uh, no, we, we, uh, I decided to, well, one time I, I had never really bent anything up and I, I build my own go-kart chassis and sell them. And, uh, just, I've always done, it all started because of racing and then now it's just developed into more job work instead of race car stuff. Does, does it make it easier that USAC, you know, the sprint car schedule, they change it to where you don't have to go out West anymore and, and stuff like that. Does that help teams like yours be able to chase this whole schedule? yeah um i actually got to go out west last year but um it was fun because i had never done it before and uh it was it was cool to get to race at paris and then places but it it just never really made sense to me why we raced around here all summer and then you go out there for the final races you know i mean everybody should be able to get to i mean it costs a lot of money to drive out west and all that so I think this year we're ending up in Oklahoma or something, so it's not near as far west. So I, I think that'll help. We might draw a few more cars. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like that was a, always a logistic tow, but that would be cool to race to Paris. Um, but, no, I'm excited to see that you're racing the uh, entire uh, Silver Crown schedule. I mean, you get to make a start at the Hoosier 100, even though – um, it's start, it's at IRP, you know, it's not at the, 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 the Indy mile, but, um, you will get a Hoosier Hunter start this year. Are you going to race uh, anything else? I know sometimes you go like to the rumble, you obviously go to the chili bowl, but, um, are you looking at any other races on the schedule, like a little 500 or what, do you have anything else planned? Um, not right now. We'll probably hit some boss races and full local sprint car shows. Uh, but our, our schedule is pretty busy this year. So it's, uh, if we get a weekend off or uh, get a chance to go somewhere else, we'll probably do that. Um, just depending on how busy we are, what's going on. I might try to run the midget a little more this year. Um, we uh, like when we go to Belleville, I may take our midget out there and race since I got to go anyway. Might as well race a couple more races. Heck yeah. Might as well. Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. Really good to talk to you and excited to see what you and Ray, Ray are hey, coming Yeah, good to see you. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate it for having me. Thanks, Matt. Yeah.